I've prepared a lesson tonight. It's entitled, the right, When the Righteous Judge Meets the Rich Young Ruler. Perhaps you've uh, read this before. It's in the New Testament. and I don't know how many sermons I've heard on it, so it's, it's, it would be familiar to you. The Righteous Judge, uh, what I, I'm talking about, Jesus the Messiah, when he meets the rich young ruler. Uh, one day when Jesus, the Messiah, had spent a long time uh, with his disciples, probably going from city to city and, and teaching as he went. And, of course, every time he went out and the disciples went out with him, he, he always had a crowd that would gather. Sometimes the Scripture said it was a multitude. Anytime you see the multitude, the word multitude in the Scriptures, you know that means all kinds of people. So, um, in this particular day, after Jesus had finished uh, talking, because a lot of these people, some came to uh, hear what he had to say, some came to argue and uh, to challenge him. But just as he got through with all of that, uh, his disciples asked him, Why do you speak to these people in parables? For without a parable, Jesus did not speak to them. He answered, because you, my disciples, have been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, talking about the multitude or the crowd, it has not been given. So uh, this was a, a form of communications that Jesus used for uh, the whole time he was here upon this earth was to speak to the crowds and the multitudes with uh, in, a, in a parable, a parable, unless you if you hadn't thought about it today, probably hadn't, is a compound word which means to come alongside or to compare with or to see with. Really, what it is is just a simple less simple lesson that's got a deeper meaning. When you're reading the parables, well, for any any part of God's word for that matter, you should always look for the deeper meaning. Because God himself is just beyond comprehension. So if his word is written for you and for me, then we're going to have to dig a lot to find out everything he's talking about. And it's always a, a great experience to, to dig, dig deep and find some things that the Lord has said. In Proverbs uh, chapter 25, verse 2, it's, this word kind of goes along with what I'm talking about tonight. It was written by, of course, Solomon. He said, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it is in the honor of kings to search out a matter. So a lot of things that's in the scripture that we think is our mysteries and all of that, it's just God has sort of concealed it for us to dig it out. And it can be done just by uh, such such things as comparing different uh, uh, verses in the Scripture with other verses. And there's always, uh, get a good concordance and all those kind of things, then we get a lot more out of the Scripture. But the, the disciples had this thing about the Lord teaching people in parables like, we know what you're talking about, so why are you doing this? And he's saying, because you know 
what I'm talking about. You were brought up in a home. The Jews uh, brought their children up memorizing scriptures. Now, this particular thing I'm reading tonight took place in the first century. That's like 20 centuries ago. But our Lord was upon this earth in the first century. Not, not anybody had a Bible. Not even one person had a Bible. There were no Bibles in the 21st, in the first century. So the, the children that went to a school, they went to a building that was connected to the synagogue and their teachers would go, were in the synagogue and they would get the scrolls down and they would teach the children certain Verses, but they didn't read, they didn't memorize just a verse at a time. They memorized in blocks. So when Jesus knew that the disciples that followed him around, he knew they knew what he was talking about, but he's got these other people that hadn't got a clue. They don't, they didn't know a scroll from, uh, tales of Harry Potter or gone with the wind. They didn't know anything about anything. So he says, I got to tell them in a simple way so they'll know the, the different things that, that I'm talking about. So this righteous judge is the Lord himself. And this is in Mark 10th chapter, starting at the 17th verse, about the, how the righteous judge, which is Yeshua himself, meets this rich young ruler. And it starts out that way, this way, and it says, when he was gone, that was, that was the Lord himself, gone forth into the way. He had, they had been, I think, maybe to Capernaum at this particular time. And so they're on their way back to Jerusalem, and they're somewhere in the vicinity of Judea. There comes one running. This man runs up to him and kneels to him and asks him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? It's a great question. Everybody needs to ask themselves that question. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? It's the startling thing, though, was how, how cool or how cold the Lord gave an answer there. But this was okay. That's the way they would do things in those days. He just kind of kind of brush him aside. He says, well, uh, why are you calling me good? It's not anybody good but one, and that's God. He's ch- Possibly the Lord is challenging this man to think, this may be somebody that I'm not sure I know. I, I thought he was just the, the, the good master, but he may be more than I'm thinking. So, but anyhow, that, that was the answer he got. He said, well, why, are you, why are you calling me good? There's none good but God. So, but he goes on down and he says to this uh, rich young ruler, well, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not, which means to, co- to covet and maybe take some property from a person. Honor your father and mother. And this, and, and this uh, rich young ruler answered and said unto uh, Jesus, Master, all these things I've observed from my youth. And he was probably thinking, this is too easy. I mean, this is just too easy. I do this. But Jesus has given this rich young ruler the standard answer that he would have given anybody. He tells this young man, keep the commandments. 
listen to what, but listen to what the Lord is really saying here. He is out of this, I think it's about 10 here that he's mentioned, 10 commandments. Nine of them are do not. Do not, do not, do not, do not. It was only one positive commandment in this group that Jesus gave him. The rest are negative. But the young man says, I've done, I've done that. I've, I've kept all those. But see, here's my point tonight. It's easy to keep these negative commandments. It's easy to keep them. For example, most of us, I'm going to say everybody in this building tonight, you're not inclined to break the negative commandments, which is, let's just start with the first one, do not kill. We're not inclined to kill. Anybody in this room? I'm thinking, you're not inclined to kill. You have to go out of your way to kill somebody. And you risk getting caught, going to prison, maybe being executed. So we don't have any trouble with that commandment. He says, do not steal. Same thing. I don't think anybody in here is inclined to steal. You have to go out of your way to do that. Same thing with committing adultery. You gotta get, you gotta go out of your way. Same thing with the do not bear false witness. You get in court, you better not give a false uh, witness there. So here's, here's the whole point. The Lord is, he's working up to something, what I'm trying to tell you. And the guy has said, I keep all, oh, I am not inclined to do any of that stuff, so that's not a problem for me. See, some people see themselves as good because they keep these negative commandments. They feel good about themselves. And I applaud that. Sure you do too. But as this conversation goes along, here's what the, what the, what the uh, righteous judge is going to make a point about. I'm not, I'm not so much concerned about you complimenting yourself because you do these negative, you don't do these negative commandments. You just, you keep those. It's, not what you're not doing that I'm looking at. It's what you don't do. Which is the good commandment here he's talking about. It's what you are not doing that I'm going to find out. That one positive commandment that he mentioned was honor your father and mother. This does require action. And if you've ever taking care of uh, your, your parents as they're growing older, you have to go out of your way to do it. it. It will really require a lot of us. And that would be some, some of the other positive commandments that we find. You'll have to go out of your way to keep the positive commandments. With this young man, though, what we see is wealth and power and keeping the negative commandments. He does real good with that. Jesus beholding him, it says, loved him and said unto him, One thing you like, go your way, sell whatsoever you have and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and take up your cross and follow me. And Scripture says, the rich young ruler was very sad when he heard that. He was sad to hear that, and he walked away grieving. He was sad to leave. He, he, he wanted to, he seemed to be sincere, and he really wanted to know, what do I got to do? But he, 
it just doesn't fit for him. He's, he's very wealthy. He has a lot of possessions. And he's got a big decision to make here. To, but to get to the truth here, what shall we consider is a really rich man or woman? This young ruler is wealthy in the natural realm. He asked the good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He seems to be very sincere. But he is speaking to the righteous judge who has more than wisdom and understanding. He has the ability to sniff out the truth. And his, it's what he's going to do. And this is what he's going to do with this rich young ruler. He sees beyond his eyes. He hears beyond his ears. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, and it's, it's, it's prophecy about the righteous judge and what he will, what he will be like. And this is, I'm going to read this to you. It says, there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. This is the prophecy of the Messiah. He's a descendant of David, son of Jesse. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And shall make of him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. So this is give the, this is why this righteous judge we call Jesus the Messiah is going to be able to sniff out the truth why this guy really did not consider even giving up his riches. Jesus beholds him, this young ruler, and he loved him. He had some characteristics that the Lord really approved of. He asked a great question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He came running to the Lord and knelt at his feet and asked that question. And he probably, in his mind, really, at that moment, thought he would do anything to have eternal life. But the righteous judge who can see beyond his eyes and hear beyond his ears is going to sniff out the truth and he's going to have to face the truth. So the Lord esteemed this young ruler. He, like a good judge, did not let his emotions affect his judgment in this case. If you ever see a good judge on a bench that here's a case, whatever it may be. It could be spectacular. It could be just a normal thing. If that judge is worth his money, he will, he will not have to hear too much, and he'll be able to sniff out the truth of that case. I don't care what that lawyer may say that's defending him. That judge will sniff it out. We're, we, need, we need to learn how to do a little of this ourselves. When people are telling us stuff, we probably need to learn how to sniff out the truth. To our, it'd be to our advantage to learn how to, to sniff out some truth sometimes. He says to him, one thing you like, go your way, sell whatsoever you have and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and take up your cross and follow me. 
And he was sad at that saying, and he went away greed, for he had great possessions. So I think Pastor Danny and Pastor L.V. probably over the years have preached many sermons, and they've made many invitations to people to come up, if they would come up and and uh, give their life to the Lord, or even sitting in the pews sometimes. He's, uh, the pastor has said, even sitting there, you could give your heart to the Lord. And people won't do it. They have excuses. But just like this rich young ruler, we may not be able to sniff, sniff it out why people aren't serving God or why they start and then they quit. But the righteous judge will know. And on judgment day, he will tell people. He's going to tell us why we didn't do what he would have us to do. And for proof of that, look at Luke chapter 13, verses 24 through 28. This is what the, uh, a righteous judge had to say to some people one day. He said, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able when once the master of the house is risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand without and knock at the door. Lord, Lord, open up to us. He shall answer and say, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. Then shall you begin to say, well, we've eaten and drunk in your presence. They're probably saying we've been to these festivals with you, Lord. You meant, you know us. And you've taught in our streets. We've, we've heard your teaching. But he shall say, I tell you, I don't know you. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. You see, they, they were connected to him in a way, but they were not with him. They did attend probably festivals where he was present. Even at the marriage of Canaan, there was people there that that got to see a, a miracle that the Lord did, but they did not leave there with him, spiritually speaking. They were connected with him, but not with him. What shall we consider tonight is a rich man or a witch woman? Because this is this man's, uh, it's going to be to his, his uh, hurt that he cannot give up these possessions. A rich man, a rich person is one who's satisfied with his portion regardless of the size. So if I've got a little bit and I'm content, I'm rich. I'm, I can be rich in my mind. Rich, happy with what I have. If I've got a lot, I can still be content and be happy. Because I'm rich in, if I'm rich in spiritual things, I'm not feeling a sense of loss because I don't have more. And because I'm not driven to accumulate something, if I am truly rich in my, the love of my Lord and in, and in serving Him, I am not driven to accumulate more things. I'm content. Let's see. So this rich young ruler, he, he walks away from the Lord 
and he, he's grieved at that. So far as we know, we don't even know his name. Far as we know, he never, never made this trip back. We don't know whether he ever changed or not. But here's the question he should have, should have been asking. Who told this rich young ruler that the government would never devalue the currency and he would suffer great loss? He's got his whole future resting on his riches. How do we know in the day in which we live that we won't get up tomorrow and there'll be cryptocurrencies? No cash anymore. Don't want your cash. This is happening in other countries. They are saying we do not want cash. Do not bring cash to this bank. It will not be accepted. And everything you'll have will just be a digital thing on some book somewhere. Who told this rich young ruler that the, this bank would never seize his assets and allow him only a small amount of money each month? That happened in Greece two or three years ago. Their banks, their bank accounts were seized and they could have $200 a month. Who told this rich young ruler he had a contract with the creator of this universe and he was guaranteed a long life? Anybody here got a contract with God that you'll be here tomorrow? Somebody say yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> but here's here's the letter to the Laodicean church. If you read in the book of Revelations, you'll read about the seven churches that uh, the Lord uh, visited with, had some things to say about them. But this is the letter that to the Laodicean church, the angel of the church tells these church people, you think you're rich and have need of nothing, but you're destitute. You became satisfied too soon. You've settled for less because you're not tapping into the riches of spiritual things. You've become satisfied with what you have. The rich young ruler was already satisfied with his wealth, but he didn't want to jeopardize that wealth. Can you imagine maybe some more of that conversation? Maybe the Lord said, young man, can't you downsize and still feel rich? That's the $64,000 question. He said, I'm offering you true wealth. What's going on with you? The righteous judge had sniffed him out. It was He could not serve the Lord because he had too much money. Follow me, the Lord said to him, and you will have eternal life. And learn of me. I'll give you true wealth as opposed to feeling wealthy, which is ent entirely two different things. The real wealth comes in serving the Lord day by day, not thinking about our possessions, which I'm not saying is easy to do that. If you were very, very rich, you could just walk away from it. But one minute in that bad place, if you go there, not prepared to go to be with the Lord, one minute, and you'll, we'll, we'll, we'll see that we've made a terrible mistake. To pass up something as great as eternal life. Thanks for listening, and I've enjoyed this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you, Pastor.